On this episode of the 132 Breeze podcast, we are talking about nothing else but The Last Dance, episodes five and six. Yes, it says a little over halfway gone, but it's still beautiful. It's still delicious. We got everything from the Jordan brand, talking the dream team. There's a gambling scandal, scandal excuse me, and the first back-to-back and first three-peat. Everything in that in between. All right, guys. Let's start the show. Back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, this is Marlo joined by Casey. <laughs> Casey, just getting off a beautiful weekend. Yeah. How are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, it's a much beautiful weekend, although uh, we were eating on the deck during the five minutes where it went from 75 to 55. Oof. It was uh, a brutal change. The wind just shifted and um, we just scurried back inside. Uh, but other than that, great weekend. Lots of, lots of time outside, went down, looked at the lake, went, that's a nice lake, and went back, came back home. Um, but yeah, good, good weekend. How about you? Yeah, fantastic weekend. We had, it was just that, we had two days in a row in Wisconsin, that was beautiful weather. Yeah. Um, it, and it was, it was pretty much, pretty damn near perfect. The only thing making me sad that it was supposed to be Kentucky Derby, and I couldn't stop. There was not a stop. There was a point on Saturday where I realized, wow. This would have been a really sloppy, dirty Kentucky Saturday if it had happened. But it didn't, so we don't have to think about it. I didn't realize that it would have been the Kentucky Derby until, I think, Sunday. It, it, at least, maybe it was late Saturday. Yeah. I just I was out about, uh, you know, being outside, and um, we went, yeah, being outside. <laughs> I was going to say a side story, but I, don't, I probably don't need to do that here in the intro. Um <laughs> But I saw that there was the um, Kentucky Derby of Triple Crown winners that was simulated. Did you see that, Marlo? I did not. Um, it shouldn't be a surprise that Secretariat won. <laughs> no. But Greatest, one of the cool. top 10 athletes of all time. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, there were 13, I think it was, uh, Triple Crown winners, and they did a little simulation. That was pretty neat. Um, nice. But I watched it like on Twitter again, like late at night on Saturday or early Sunday. Nice. So it's not like I was, I knew it was going to happen and, and, and kind of had a chance to look forward to it. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Like last weekend, I realized it was a Kentucky Derby, and then someone reminded me that usually this weekend is a pretty sneaky good sports day. There's usually Kentucky Derby, there's usually yeah. like a game six or seven of NBA playoffs. Yeah. And then usually some sort of big fight like every other year. Um, but yeah, we didn't have that, and it was fine. I enjoyed the weather. I actually enjoyed just, you know, relaxing. I guess. Yeah. Now, was, I'm, now I'm just talking myself into it. Now, <laughs> to be to be fair, uh, I I think I didn't. Mi- I, I think I missed it less because I didn't know it should have been happening. Like it's not like it's like the NCAA tournament, right? Where it's like I know yeah. when this is happening. It's not like. You know some other things. I still every once in a while go, uh, you know, oh baseball. Oh no, yeah, that's not happening. But like, <laughs> it's not like I, I circle the Kentucky Derby on my calendar at the beginning of the year. But when it happens, right. I'm watching it. 
Yeah. So like I didn't I didn't miss it in in that sense. Uh, but you're right. This would be a, a, a good week, and maybe it's just getting easier. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was. I, I think just being outside was such a distraction mm-hmm. from the cost of being inside. So, like True. the fact that we could go out, enjoy the weather, and and have sunshine <laughs> was <laughs> was distracting enough to dis- distract me from my normal distractions at the sports. Like I, that was. Uh, kind of gathered all my attention. I wanted to spend as much time as I could outside, even if it wasn't doing uh, very fun things. Yeah, I was doing some <laughs> chores and stuff, but um, yeah, I feel you. N- nonetheless, outside weeding, I was like, I would rather be doing this than sitting inside for another weekend. So <laughs> absolutely. So there we go. That was there. That was we go. Good. And now it's back to fifty degrees and cold. And yeah, now it's back to fifty degrees and cold, and we're back. Uh, but we ended the weekend correctly with one of the best sporting things that are going on right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not a long list, so best. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely one of the But best. it's the top. But it's at the top. <laughs> it's at the top. I am I do kind of go back and forth on how much I would enjoy this if it happened in the summer. Like if it happened mm-hmm. when it normally should have happened in, you know, normal summer twenty twenty, just in the middle of baseball season after the NBA finals. If I would yeah. be this into it, I'd probably be into it, but obviously not this much. Or, Probably not this much. Yeah. But I'm super into it because it's the only thing happening. Yeah, this is, I mean, we're, we're going through the halfway point here. Uh, yeah. That made me sad, actually. After after episode five, going to episode six, I'm like, oh, it's over halfway done. Damn it. There was a moment where um, I thought it was eight episodes for some reason. Ooh. Between five and six, and I kind of started to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'll leave one more weekend of this. I'm like, I got to, I got to. It's okay, it's okay. Yeah. But that was a, a terrifying moment where I misremembered. I can only imagine. Was. <laughs> yeah, it's very tough, very tough. Um, so, George, like, episode five and six. Um, we're going to... Uh, so, obviously, the episodes go in kind of a narrative sense, and they, they jump around a bit. And... That makes it really confusing to talk about. So I kind of put together a rundown, Marlo, of like I think a, a, a more reasonable way to talk about it, a more uh, straightforward, uh, chronological way to talk about it. So yeah, yeah. Let's go back. This was kind of in the middle, uh, a third of the way through episode one, but let's go back to the beginning, to 1984, to the making of the brand that is Michael Jordan, um, and they introduced his his agent. Into into the show, David Falk was his name. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and he had this crazy idea to market a, a team player, uh, like a tennis, golf or boxer. Yeah, he had represented tennis players before. Yeah, Arthur Ashe. That was, I, I think, was the best example of it. Yeah. Um, it just this idea that, <laughs> again, it's. 35 years ago so sure but like mm-hmm. yeah do my math right there 25 35 years ago yeah um so yeah it's it seems obvious now but like the fact that like you couldn't market a team player that like only individual players would be marketable seems so ridiculous <laughs> that nobody thought of this and like yeah. people pushed against it yeah no it's 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 pretty wild and I mean, going. F- I I think the whole story is wild, but just the, yeah, the beginning of that of, oh hey, no, you can't even even market, uh, just an individual player on in a team sport, you know, 
and they it bleed into what we we're talking about next, like the NBA having uh, Converse was a shoe. Yep. And even their marketing commercials was like, yeah, they had their players, but like it was more of a team sort of, you know, their markability. It wasn't it wasn't their players on their own, right? Yeah. It was, it, this is the shoe of the NBA, and these are like the players of the NBA, and they wear them. Yeah. Well, you're right. That's how how, how they market it, and they had. They played a commercial in in the dock that was, I mean, maybe was cool in '84, but man, <laughs> it made me. It was awkward as heck in 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 2020. Uh, it's kind of a rap. You know, like the Larry Bird, you know, like Larry Bird spitting bars. Larry come now and win an MVP. It's just so weird. Um, it's it's also weird to think like. Converse being such a such a big player, and you know Reebok, we'll talk about in a little bit, right? Like, but these, you know, Nike has ended up becoming such the dominant force in the in this space, and Adidas at the time. But I thought was what was really interesting was kind of coming into it, and Nike being the new kid on the block yeah. uh, in in the shoe world, known as the running shoes, kind of from this the Oregon Steve Prefontaine type type time. Uh, didn't really have a basketball presence, and Jordan for it wasn't really clear to me. He for just liked Adidas and wanted to. He go liked Adidas. Adidas. He liked Adidas, and Adidas. Yeah, he just liked Adidas, which is fine. I guess you can like Adidas. Yeah, but I like Adidas. Who like if you were an exact? I don't know if you're still alive, but like say you're part of the the decision making of we just can't take Jordan right now, and you were like had to sit and watch this. I'm sure you're killing yourself like the whole jordan till now but like i just that i don't know why that thought to my head when i was watching is like man it must suck to watch this if you had to make if you were part of making the decision of like no we're gonna pass on jordan yeah well and they were just kind of like we can't do a shoe right now and i (laughs) and i was like you're a shoe company like that's what that's what you do do it sorry it's just not it's not gonna work for us uh and then it was just you know wasn't gonna take the meeting with nike uh, his everybody had to convince him to go. His agent, his parents had to, his mom specifically his had mom. to convince him to go. Just hear him out, and they uh, threw the bank at him. They dropped the bags. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's the rumor was you know the top guys were getting hundred thousand uh, dollars, Magic and Bird, I presume. You get hundred thousand. He got two hundred fifty from this startup, essentially Nike. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean yeah two yeah two and a half x. I, well, first of all, I just talk about like from there now, like two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a shoe deal. Yeah. I mean, Lamar Ball would balk at that. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, yeah, and just the you know like what Zion's shoe deal was coming out. You know, like, yeah, it's just the money is just the money is so just how yeah, just how outrageous he got, I got it, and it's it is. I mean, a big part of it is because Jordan made this deal and you know did what he did going forward. Um, it was catapulted. It was what catapulted to there. So I forgot where my point was going, which you asked. But I, I just, I thought that was <laughs> that was interesting. I mean, I mean, coming out, he was, uh, you know, obviously a good player, and it was an unproven player. I forgot who was making the quotes. Like it was the Nike exec. I yeah. forgot the name. Who was talking about where to drop this money for who? Yeah, and has it done anything yet? Hasn't done it. Hasn't proven himself. Yeah. Um, and stuff, and that's yeah. It's just wild to think that like 
man, we paid us at $250,000. And at the time, some people were probably shaking their head and be like, this was a dumb idea. It was an unproven rookie. And just see where, you know, the billions of billions of dollars it's made Nike since. Yeah. Well, as you were kind of talking about uh, startups a little bit earlier, this it seems like total startup mentality. Yeah. To me, right? It's just like, you know, he whatever. Give him two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Who cares? Maybe maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Whatever. But we got this cash. Let's just give it to him. Uh, total startup mentality. Uh, the other thing I liked about it was, at least his agent in the interview claims he came up with the air jordan idea because yeah they had the technology of air soles whatever that means um i mean put the air in the souls so i to absorb i understand what it means but like yeah <clears throat> so he said air souls air jordan he plays in the air sound sounds like it fits and it's just like and that's how we have air jordans that's how we have this iconic brand this guy's like it's good it sounds cool this guy air souls air jordan jordan play, yeah doesn't make uh, it. I kind of took the luster for a hot second. It took the luster off of Air yeah. Jordan, but I got over it quickly. Yeah, no. And then I really liked when Jordan was like, if I was getting two points, three rebounds a game, my shoes weren't sold anything. My my play on the court was my advertisement. That was what what was selling it. And that was really cool. And we mentioned earlier about uh, the Nike guys just throwing money, but man, did it pay off. Their expectation was by the end of the year four, they would sell $3 million. And in year one, they sold $126 million worth of shoes. Boom. Just showed the change in, like, from basketball shoes to sneakers. Yes. Yeah. Right. Con- you wore Converse, as uncomfortable as they looked <laughs> and ridiculous as they looked, to play basketball. But now, Jordans, now you had sneakers. And it was a totally different ball game for uh, that industry, which is really interesting to see. Yeah, huge. And um I like the way yeah, I like the way they portrayed that. It was just I mean, this is uh where where they just had random people come in and talk about it. But yeah. uh but uh, yeah, especially the Spike Lee the Spike Lee taking it to that point where where uh about putting his characters in the in the in the Jordans. Um yeah. and I remember that being like, you know, very iconic, like you just scuff my Jordans, man. Um, yeah, and that was a real thing. And I was like, you, I remember, I just, I didn't have many Jordans as a kid. I had to wait till like, you know, I could pay for them. Right. But I remember just wanting to always, always get them, and they'd be like a hundred dollars. My parents were like, I'm not paying a hundred freaking dollars for a pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah, American dollars. <laughs> but, American dollars. Yeah, American dollars. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was definitely a, I think a change. And the funniest quote I got out of that was Michael Jordan. Is as hot as a cabbage patch doll. <laughs> yes, cabbage patch doll. Like, holy crap! What cabbage patch dolls were hot. What a comparison! But you did mention that they brought in some people to talk about it. They said they brought in Nas, uh, which had my quote it, with it being uh, May Fourth, you know, Star Wars mm-hmm. holiday of sorts. Uh, and he said that having Jordans was like having a lightsaber as a kid. <laughs> True, you know, you just had to have it. And it's such a cool quote. And they brought JT in to make sure that the white people knew that it was cool too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Justin Timberlake. I, I think when he first showed up, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what does this have to do with Jordan? Yeah. yeah. But he's like, no, the white the white kids wanted to buy him too. So that's good. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool, guys. It's cool. Um, no, that was it was really it, it just kind of go it goes to show just kind of how it I think it did a good job of showing like this wasn't how like we all think about shoes 
as we do now, right? As this kind of um, fashion thing, right? Yeah. But it wasn't back then. Uh, and, and that was really neat. So the way that the brand, they kind of went into this brand, the building of Air Jordan, uh, which I think has made him probably more. Do you think he made more oh. playing basketball or having Air Jordans? Probably Are Air you Jordan. serious? Not even close. Right? It's, it's not even more. close. I'm going to get the stats department on it, but uh, yeah, it's right. not even all right. close. I didn't get the stats department on it. I, I, <laughs> I didn't have the foresight to do such a thing. Um, so the, the kicking off point to this was playing at MSG. He wore his old shoes, but they started the episode still at MSG. 1998, All-Star Game. So we're here at kind of the current time as this documentary is. And the focus of this was Jordan, obviously, but yeah. kind of like Jordan's 1A was 1B, which was Kobe. And I guess let's start with RIP Kobe. Holy crap. Listening to him talk about basketball is amazing. He's so smart and like just has a way to just see him talking about playing Jordan for the first time body him up and feeling him, feeling the speed, feeling the strength and all this. It was just, I don't know. It it was really cool. And it was like, damn, we could have had like 40 years of this. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, yeah, that's how I kind of started off the episode. Um, how, when he came out, I didn't think they're going to have him as an interview. And then it did. And that was kind of tough. And yeah, to hear him talk about it, I think it's been, he's been so like these, uh, clips that have come out of him has been so elegant in his talking about yeah. Michael and, and just playing in general. And it made me just, I don't know why, it made me think of like, like he talked about having the, um, you know, Kobe versus Jordan, da 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 da. And I just remember like he never, he never personally talked about it or even alluded to it. It was always yeah. just around him, you know, unlike other people who won't, won't will be unnamed during this. But, um, I thought that was like that was cool. That they had captured that and were able to put that in in the documentary. Just like how much he learned, like he idolized him. He also learned from him, and like they were friends, which yeah, I don't think yeah. I feel like was a good good kid. Yeah, I talked about being big brother. He said, uh, "I don't like when people talk about could you beat him one on one that kind of thing." And yeah. Kobe said, "What you get f- from me is from him. I don't get five championships here without him," which is really cool. And yeah. so I guess we're kind of going talking about this backwards because we want to talk about Kobe first because he was the, the main piece of this and in, in that. But so that's kind of how it ended was like and it seems like they had a close relationship that Kobe reached out to Jordan a lot. I watched the ESPN uh, Sports Center afterwards and Michael yeah. Wilbon kind of expanded on this and said like they had a really close relationship and Jordan taught him a lot. But at the beginning of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was a lot of trash talk kind of in the pregame and, and in the locker room. Um, Jordan said uh, about Kobe, I wouldn't pass him the ball. You want the ball? Get a damn rebound. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, that was great. When we started, I was like, was it him that said it? He's like, I don't know, but the little Laker boy is going to try to take over. <laughs> yeah, yeah there that was, was a quote. Oh, it was just so funny because it was like he's Kobe's nineteen, and everybody's like, yeah. "Oh, the next Jordan," and build him up. And he, Kobe talk about it. He's like, as the kid who came in and shot air balls, <laughs> like, and I'm playing <laughs> against these guys, and they're all like, tell that he's on their mind because they're talking about him kind of kind of in the pregame. 
Uh, it was so great. And then Magic's in the locker room and swears and catches up swearing on camera. It was hilarious. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, All-Star game, still in, still Jordan being Jordan, putting on a show, and being the All-Star MVP. Yeah. What he does. In the garden, just like... Uh, yeah, just like it always should have been. I thought, um, I don't know about you, but uh, like going back to the time and seeing who was in those All Star games, yeah, yeah, especially that one, uh, you, you kind of forget. They alluded to it, like it was an old, it was an old, it was an older league, which yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how at the time, but like those, all those like Penny, uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously Kobe and Shaq, but see it uh, Hardaway, just seeing all those like mid nineties, you know, NBA yeah, yeah. Jam, basically. In real and on this documentary was pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, and then seeing that awkward picture where they're they're all posing with the with the ball and they're like, yeah. Jordan, sit here. You hold the ball. You're obviously the centerpiece of this picture. Everybody's already there. <laughs> it has to be so awkward. Like Glenn Rice is sitting there. Like, why am I even? <laughs> oh, smooth Glenn Rice. Man. What am I? What am I doing here? Uh, and then after the game, I loved. He, you know, he's he's you know dapping everybody up and stuff. And he goes up to Gary Payton and he, and he's like. <laughs> See you in the finals. He's like, yeah, I hope to see you there. George's like, I know I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you will be. <laughs> so, so freaking cocky. I love it. it I awesome. love it. Uh, so around the All-Star game, still at MSG. It's his, it's his quote-unquote last game at MSG. Could be his last game at MSG. And he decided to wear his Jordan 1s, his old shoes. And this is what, in the documentary, spurred the talk about making of the brand, which we talked about a little bit ago. Um which, I don't, I, I don't know. To me, it was really cool just that he, like, thought about and recognized it. And he was choking up when he was talking about it being his last time playing the guard, even though it ended up not being his last time. But, like, he was the last real time that counted. Let's be real. <laughs> In my mind, that's the last time he played yeah. the guard. <laughs> but he's, he's talking about it. And you could tell like, he was getting choked up. And it was really weird. It wasn't weird. It was, I, it was unexpected. Unex- yeah. Unexpected of Jordan of emotions. Yeah, just about like that specific game. The last mm-hmm. time he played Madison Square Garden, it's not the last time he played at the United Center or whatever. Right. Um, but I think uh, the Madison Square Garden, like his his aura at Madison Square, is it was such a big thing. I I don't I I don't they I don't know. No, I mean they passed it, so I don't. They just didn't. I don't think they drove that home as much. As they could have, because they had a lot to squeeze in. You know, you can't put in everything. But I just, I those are the kind of things I remember. He like it used to be when SportsCenter came on. He played at the Garden. They would start off with all the stats that he has at Madison Square Garden, um, and basically how he he'd owned that house. Yeah. Um, so it was, I think that was kind of that was. I can see why it would be such a big deal. And I think for me, it's I'm so ingrained with him being in Chicago that yeah. like to me obviously that would be more impactful but to him you know growing up in North Carolina and just you know, playing for the Bulls it's not like it's his hometown right he had yeah. you know has a, has a different viewpoint than I do so I I think that's where my kind of mental block is yep. is on that so he wore the Jordan ones apparently not as comfortable as shoes in 98 <laughs> 1984 shoes uh, feet bleeding decides to wear them just because he's having a good game good game feet are bleeding who cares uh, ends up scoring, was it 44 points? Something like that? 44 or was it 50? I don't know. Four is it 50? 52 Ho-hum. maybe. 
Yeah, and his Jordan ones, which by the way, stats parts got back to be a Jordan's made over one point three billion dollars from like Nike, so probably more than he did playing. <laughs> Definitely more than playing basketball. <laughs> and he got thirty million a year at the end of it. <laughs> Takes a lot of thirty millions to get up to a billion. Um, yeah. I don't know. Quick math. Not sure. Um, all right. <laughs> so from that, we went back to 1992. And this is, I think, our last time jump here. And we followed up. So last episode, we talked about the 91 finals. Here we're talking about the 92 finals. They are going for the repeat, going against Portland. And I think the big takeaway <sighs> from this series, Marlo, mm-hmm. poor Clyde Drexler. Poor Clyde. Clyde, Clyde the Glide Dexter. Uh, this was his chance. This was this was supposed to be the big matchup. Um, yeah, and then yeah, Jordan just comes out, and I'm going to put this in quotes. It was on fire, like he was on fire. Yeah. Um, and this was supposed to be his time, but like, did you? <laughs> I and I had this memory of him being on fire too, but I didn't realize it's like I got caught. I it was great at the time, but like compared to today's NBA. It's like, oh, you hit like four threes in the first half. Cool. <laughs> five, five, yeah, five of the first half. Uh, yeah. set record and thirty-five points in the half. And you're like, yeah, that's the third quarter for Clay Thompson. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> exactly, it's, exactly. It's, it's pretty weird. It it it's is very weird. weird and different. Uh, but I think shows that if Jordan wanted to freaking shoot threes, he could have shot threes. He went six for ten in this game. Oh yeah, and yeah, and it was, it was uh, on fire. But like, didn't practice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it was a great, I thought it was a, it was a great story. The part I didn't realize is uh, Magic was over at Jordan's house playing cards the night before. And that's who he was shrugging at, was Magic. I just thought he was, shr- you know. I, yeah, just I, like, that's I'm like so a little, fire. Yeah, I, that was the little things that I, I you know, the little bits of the story that I, don't, I didn't know before. Yeah. Well, just one last note, note on poor Clyde. Um, in the pregame, there you go. And kind of relating to your magic comment. Uh, pre-game, mm-hmm. the quote was, as you look at these two players, Clyde and, and Jordan, uh, there's not a whole lot of difference between them. Was the quote. <laughs> and I just ma- can imagine Magic just shaking his head at the scores <laughs> table, listening to that. Which I guess statistically in that season is true. But like yeah. one of them is uh, the MVP and coming off a, a championship season. Um, so that's what spurred kind of the Jordan. I'm going to go after this guy and led yep. to his on fire and shrug. And that is really interesting that that you mentioned that Marlo, like the the shrug was kind of at magic for the comments Jordan made the night before. Not so much hit like a because I always just kind of read it as like I can't even believe this myself. Like right, yeah. what what is <laughs> happening here? Kind of thing. Like I'm really this good kind of. Thing. <laughs> um, but it was but it was a much more. Uh, I guess negative thing because he was like, oh, "This guy can't. This guy can't handle me." Uh, so it was interesting, though. Um, so they highlight how much they destroyed uh, Clyde. I mean, it went six games, right? The Bulls went four to two. Yeah. Um, it probably wasn't. It was portrayed as a cakewalk, like the uh, Lakers the year before was, but it wasn't. It had to be. I think this is just kind of, I think, documentary, right? Uh, yeah. It wasn't that easy, but he did destroy him in game one. Um, so they win back-to-back. Uh, Jordan again celebrates um, <laughs> and is going to celebrate as he says he's uh, asked about the Olympics, and he says, i got a lot of partying to do between. 
between now and then. My note here, I had uh, they had a Krauss interview, your boy. Yeah. And this is where I think some of the seeds start going. He goes, he says, it's an organizational thing. And it's not, and that's what it's all about. The team is great, but the organization is great, if not one of the greatest organizations of all time. time. That's what I'm so proud of. Yeah. And this this is one of those, like, what is the thing? Like, confident people don't have to tell you they're confident or something. Like, good organizations don't have to tell you that they're good organizations. <laughs> people who want more credit tell you that. Like, the Spurs aren't going around saying, like, we are a great organization. Right. Yeah, exactly. This, Especially right, like, the championship trophy just made it to the locker room. Like, mm-hmm. That is not, I don't know. You're right. You should, like, you probably, it's one of those things that, like, people will tell you that for you. You don't have to go out and say it. Yep, for sure. And then you don't take the, the opportunity once the microphone comes right into you to, to go ahead and do that. You can say you're happy for the organization. Yeah. That's totally fine, say, but just to pump your chest about how the organization is not really the team, it's the organization. Yeah, and I think it was really interesting to show him saying that in 1992, because he's saying the same thing in, what, 97, 98, yep. and kind of going like, oh, it was taken out of context. It's like, no, this is what he thought, and this was his his grudge the whole, the whole time. Um, other 92 celebrations, I already did my, um, I got a lot of celebrating to do. Uh, <laughs> Phil walking around with a trophy, drinking an MGD with a yes. cigar. Fantastic. Yes. That's all I got in the 92. <laughs> <laughs> all the cigars, man. A lot of cigars. Whole lot of cigars. My a lot How of do you, cigars. Where, where do you fall on cigars? I mean, I, 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 me personally, cigars, special occasions, okay. But it seems like these guys, it's a daily, if not, <laughs> it seems like a daily thing the way it's shot. I know it's not, but it's definitely frequent. I don't know. I don't. The cigar guy. Uh, I will have them on special occasions, but mainly because it's the thing you do at special occasions more so than yeah. it's like this is something I want to enjoy at a special occasion. <laughs> uh, but I fully understand that other people enjoy it. I do not understand it whatso- whatsoever. I get uh, no enjoyment out of it. But I will do it for a special occasion because I don't know peer pressure. I'm not sure. It just seems like it marks a special occasion. Yes, but, um, definitely marks. All right, there's cigar talk. All right. So that then we went on to the Olympics, Marlo. So they come off the the ninety two finals. Uh, they're back to back champions. I think it was a, someone in the Bulls calls and says, "Hey, Michael, do you want to play for the Olympic team?" He says, "Who's playing?" And they say, <laughs> "Not that guy," <laughs> <laughs> which meant Isaiah Thomas. And yeah. I think this is obviously the most. Well, I think there's two really compelling stories. Well, one is they kick the crap out of everybody. But um, <laughs> there's two really kind of compel- compelling stories for this. And Isaiah Thomas' storyline is, I think, the most compelling one. Um, and I think if going into this documentary, the prevailing wisdom was Michael didn't want him on the team, so he wasn't on the team. Yeah. And then in the documentary, I think it did a good job of saying that's not necessarily true but kind of true like yeah. it's it's not not true but it's not true <laughs> right it, i think there's a it was part of the factor but not the like there was other factors that helped that along as well right right like i i honestly i mean i i'll take that like yeah he had problems with other people which totally makes sense um you know obviously pippin was there and then they went into magic and bird 
But I, in my heart of hearts, I think even if that wasn't the case, like those other guys on the team, and it was just Jordan, either Jordan or Isaiah is not on that team. Yeah. Well, and I think, yeah, Wilbon was interviewed in this, and I think he, he did a really good job of kind of making your point uh, that, that you just mentioned is saying, like, Pippen was there, Magic was there, Bird hated it. Like, they all, like, the way Isaiah Thomas played, the bad boy style, like, the chip that he had on his shoulder made him an antagonist to all of these other players. And when you're getting an all-star team together, you don't want that antagonist there. Is it fair to the type, the quality of basketball player he was? No. But what it would have been unfair to everybody else to include him on the team. And I think in the end, it was the right decision to exclude him. Is where I where I landed on it. And I think I'd say it's like half Jordan didn't want him on the team. Yeah. Half everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan had a loud voice in the matter. And I thought it was cool that Jordan was like, if you want to put it on me, I never said it, but you can put it on me. I don't care. And he's <laughs> it was just so great. He's like, I respect Isaiah Thomas player. I think he's the second best point guard behind Magic Johnson ever. I hate him. <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> I, I don't like hate him. him. And it was like, I was like, oh, freaking rivalries. This is that's great. Yeah. Um, yep. 90s rivalries. So fun. So fun. Um, so that was that's start story number one. And so I I said I think was it last week where I was like Isaiah Thomas is kind of impressive. You know, yeah. I, yeah, I, he's, his charm is kind of worrying me. Him the way he talked about this, I'm out. I'm out now. <laughs> he was so swarmy about it and been like i meet the criteria yeah to be there that's always I, been a stance i mean but the i criteria. wasn't i wasn't there and it's like yeah but not being an a-hole to everybody is kind of part of the criteria <laughs> and throughout your career you're an a-hole which i don't blame him for that got him to that that attitude in the same way that we're going to talk about when jordan becomes an a-hole and does a-hole things like his Chip on Jordan's shoulder was what made him better. Same thing with Isaiah. The chip on his shoulder, the way in which he approached Bird and Magic and Jordan, that's why he won two championships. I don't fault him for that, but he also needs to recognize that that is held against him in some way. I guess I shouldn't expect him to recognize that because as an individual, you can't recognize that about yourself. Right, yeah, yeah. But you you make a point. Like He wasn't going to be that great player if he wasn't that way. And that yeah. ultimately, he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna lead that bad boy Pistons team if he wasn't yeah. that way. Yep. So like I can't, I don't fault him, but I like he's not. I don't fault him, but he's not faultless. I'm again, I'm I'm slicing hairs here, but like, um, I think in the end he would rather have those two championships than be John Stockton. <laughs> yeah. Right. Probably. Yeah. I agree. I, I don't, yeah. No. I don't think I, he, yeah. I don't think he would, tra- he would trade those, and I think that his mentality um, is is what is what got him those championships or helped get him those, those be the player that player that he was. Um, so Isaiah's not there. We'll talk about actual games in <laughs> the Olympics in a moment, uh, but my the story I was most interested in to see because I didn't realize there was footage of this the Monte Carlo practice game. Yeah, um, the the legend. Monica Legend. Rumors everywhere about it. Uh, 
I didn't get the total breakdown of the teams. I know Magic and Barkley were, were against Jordan in at least the trash talk game. Yeah. Uh, and I tried to go back and remind it and see what's on each team, and then I kind of... Yeah. There was an HD video back then. It was kind of tough. Yeah. Well, and I was like, I don't really want to spend like 10 minutes doing this because <laughs> winding right now. Okay, Scotty Pippen was on this team. Uh, anyway, um, so they're going, they're going at it. Matt Johnson says... Said that this is the best basketball that they had been around. Great offense, great defense, great passing, um, and just a bunch of really good basketball players getting competitive. And I'm, I wish that I could just watch this whole whole thing. Like if I could just watch that whole practice, that would be so awesome. <laughs> yeah, there was, it was pretty. I I didn't. I mean, like, yeah, I've heard so much about it. It was awesome that they had, I don't like, we're able to pull out audio, even though we had subtitles, yeah. but it was awesome to hear the actual trash talking. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, talking about it, and, you know, we're talking about practice here. <laughs> um, but it was, it was, you know, the greatest players, not only at that time, but, you know, some of the best in the NBA of all time, yep. uh, just going out on a court, like, who knows if that? Ha- I don't know if that happens. I'm just assuming it doesn't happen like that in practice anymore. Uh, but yeah, like Magic was saying, like you talk trash to Michael, he's just going to take over whether it's practice or a game, and he's just not going to let anyone beat you. And then to end <laughs> the end the practice, I love that guy. His sound clip was like, "Let's talk about that ass whooping you just got." <laughs> yeah, my favorite part of the uh, of the practice was um, well, uh, two parts, two parts. Uh, Magic seems winning, and he goes up to Jordan. He says, "If you don't turn into Air Jordan, we're gonna blow you out." Yeah. He goes, "Man, what did I say that for?" Scores <laughs> <laughs> like eight points, ten points, or something in a row. They're winning. Ref calls a foul. Magic chucks the ball Chucks's into the, the stands. Again, we're talking about practice. <laughs> just getting so pissed, just like the NBA, just like Bulls. Stadium. It's <laughs> so funny to see if he's so pissed off about it. And then my favorite trash talk was Jordan just going, This is the 90s, man. This is the 90s. This is the 90s. <laughs> yeah. just, what like, does that, what does that mean? Anything? Yeah, what this is that the mean? 90s. <laughs> so great. Your time's over. This is Jordan time. Um, the man I'm on the bus. So, again, to be a fly on the wall, I'm glad we got to see the little clips, but God, to be a fly on the wall, see that whole game. <laughs> They go on the bus, and it's eerily silent, they say. Um, and then Magic makes a little quip. Like, why do we have to do that? Why do we have to piss him off? Something like that, blah, blah, blah. And then everybody's like, oh, this is fun. And, and then they, they're like, oh, now we're a team, and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like one of those, like, it's like a movie moment. Like, this yeah. is where the team came together. But if Jordan f- loses that game, mm. there's no camaraderie. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan's pissed the whole flipping time. Yeah. And... He's like Isaiah Thomas. We was a second ago. He's carrying that grudge the whole time. If he loses that game, that practice, I've convinced myself. Yes, yeah. practice. No, absolutely. That's a that's a good point. I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It just would have been like a pissy bus ride back to the hotel. Uh, Jordan just yeah. scrolling over, smoking a cigar, and coming back and kicking everyone's ass next practice or taking the ball during yeah. the game. Yeah, he's not he's not joking around. He's not making quips about about yeah. Barkley or something. He he is pissed and wants to beat everybody on the bus in the in the next practice. Uh, but he won, so it was all fun and games. 
was <laughs> funny games. Uh, the other storyline. So they won every game by 32 points, at least, in the basketball. Uh, but the team and player they focused on was Croatia and Tony Kukoc. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I want to talk Tony about Kukoc. Kukoc <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> Drafted in the second round uh, with the second pick in 1990? Something like that. So this was... I don't remember foreign players being drafted around then because he stayed no. in, he stayed in Croatia, uh, or it was Yugoslavia at the time, but eventually yep. was Croatia by the time the Olympics came, um, and had to be a risky pick, right, for him not to come over, or the chance uh, that he couldn't come over, wouldn't come over. Y- uh, yeah, yeah, no. At this time, like this foreign player, like, foreign draftees, was not a thing. Not like it is now, um, yeah. And I do. It's it was it was a yeah a risky thing to because he didn't have to come. And like you said, he was making more money yeah. not playing in the NBA, uh, you know, over there. But yeah, there was always talk. I it was probably came from now that I look at a revisionist history. It probably came from Jerry Krause, but talking that this like Tony Kukoc was like the European Michael Jordan, which I've heard like eighty times now. Um, yeah about every European that comes to bat, uh, play for the Bulls. But um but yeah, it was definitely different. It was out of the out of the norm during those times. Yeah, cuz I even remember like when the Spurs drafted Ginobili, Ginobili stayed a few years in Argentina still and Yeah. I know Tony Parker fell in the draft to late first round, I think it was. Yeah. Cuz there was that kind of concern about whether or not he'd come over. Right. So to see them drafting a foreign player who was very good. Um, that high was was pretty surprising. Uh, in the understatement of the, probably of the series, but at <laughs> least of this episode, uh, Tony Kukoc, uh, understatement, um, the situation at home was not so great because <laughs> of the war and everything. <laughs> not, not so great, the Civil War. Holy cow. Uh, so it totally makes it, like, I understand for him, money is one thing, right? He stayed because you could make more money. And he's not and he said, We're not talking about small small dollars. We're talking about millions. It's like, wow, yeah. okay. Um, but also to leave your country as it's in a civil war and kind of your your uh, feeling for that to- totally understand why he didn't want to come. Um but your boy, Jerry Krause, was infatuated with him. Yeah. And he was on Croatia and they played in the United States in their opening game, and Jordan and Pippen said, Hey, rest of the dream team you leave kukoc to scotty and me yeah i think i fair the best part i was like michael is like i didn't know anything about kukoc i just knew that i just knew that jerry liked him and that made enough for me yeah <laughs> that it was just it just showed like how deep-seated that that ill will towards jerry kraus was just crazy. and again so early on yeah 1992 yeah and uh, so they on they Jordan is like they show like, him just like prowling around the court, just like looking pissed. It's they're up like thirty, and he's just like they're not letting him have it. Kuko, or excuse me, Pippen is bodying him up the whole like length of the court. Essentially, he has a really tough game. Uh, Kukoch does, and he says he just wasn't ready for it. He didn't know that they were going to come at Croatia like that come at him personally like that and 
he was like, I don't understand why they singled me out. I didn't know about the Jerry Krause stuff. I didn't know about the internal dysfunction, whatever. And uh, they singled him out very much so. Uh, and then Scotty says, it wasn't personal about Tony, but we were going to do everything we could to make Jerry look bad. Yes, that's and a good one too. This really bothered Scotty Pippen. The yeah. whole Tony Kukoc thing, oh, the yeah. lack of a contract, the, you know, we're looking for the next sidekick to Michael Jordan. You could just feel his resentment of the whole situation in this part of the documentary. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't, wasn't, after one game, it was like, he can't make it in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, statement was, you know, also part of it. But yeah, I mean, again, I, can't blame Scotty for being just that, that bad. I think it makes sense. Like, who he's done all. I mean, they're coming off second championship. Yeah. Scotty's just, he is the Batman to Michael at this point. Um, yeah. He just has, I don't, yeah, I would be, I don't, I don't even know how, I honestly, the more I watch it, I don't know how Scotty, like, even functioned for that long. Interesting. I, I go back and forth because I'm like, I totally get, I totally get it. I totally get his point. But then I'm like, yeah, but it's a bit much at times. I don't know. He seems a bit, I don't know. I, I I go back and forth. Like, it's like just, you're in a good situation. Like, it can't be that bad. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, he's when he's the fifth highest paid player. But that was like 97, 98, and that's a different different story. But, yeah. um, but it, God, it was just weird because it seemed like to this day, still bothers, still bothers him. Um, game two, so they meet again in the finals. Uh, end up winning by 32 points, which is the closest game of the tournament. Uh, Kukoc played better, apparently, but they still lost by 32. So <laughs> good for him. And apparently, Gay gathered a lot of respect because he came back and he, he kind of battled a little bit. Yeah, he tried. At least had a better game. Yeah. Good for you, Kukoc. Yeah. Tony Kukoc. Yeah. Um, all right. Next thing I got on the Olympics, Marlo, the celebration. Yeah. We alluded to it earlier. Reebok, big player in the NBA. Well, I don't know if they were in the NBA, but they were they sponsored the Olympic outfits. Yep. And Jordan didn't want to wear the Reebok outfits <laughs> during the gold medal celebration. Um it just an amazing quote from oh shoot, I forget who I forget who it was. Um, but they said Jordan's competitiveness is he had so, he was so singular in his competitive drive, a drive that extended to his partners at Nike, which is such a kind way to put him being just a total a-hole. <laughs> True. <laughs> like he was just so competitive that he was literally not going to wear his Olympic stuff because it was Reebok. <laughs> like, what a, what a kind way to put it. Um, and this is where I was kind of like, this is not competitive. This is a bit spiteful. Yeah, very spiteful. Um, and it was, and in the way he did it, it was in a way where you uh, just putting the flag over the, uh, yeah, putting the flag over the Reebok symbol was, and everyone knew it too, but it's like, oh, well, you can't be that mad. He's just using a flag. <laughs> he's wearing the he's wearing the United States flag. What am I supposed to be mad at him now? Yeah. Well, the the quote was where 
just such a, a news headline. Like Jordan was going to uh, recapture the whatever the spirit of sports in playing the Olympics, but then dollars got in the way, and he didn't want to wear the Reebok thing. It's like okay, nobody thinks like that. Like, settle down. <laughs> Settle down. Uh, and I remember seeing him with that flag over him. I, you know, obviously growing up, loved the 92 uh, Dream Team. I have a poster. I'm looking at it right now of the uh, 92 uh, Barcelona team uh, without Christian Lehner, sadly. But uh, he wasn't available for this poster. <laughs> that well, he, It's not like they pose for this. It's just like probably cut together. But whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, love that team. And I remember him wearing the flag. And I had no idea. Obviously, I was young at the time, but like I had yeah. no idea, and I was just like, "Oh, he's got a flight. Cool." It cool. just that he covered it with that, that he thought about that, he cared about that. Just, I, I wrote that amazing. I don't know if that's the right word. It's bizarre. It's just really bizarre that he went to that length to not wear a Reebok thing, or not to show a Reebok thing. That is, yeah, not to show it. All right, my last note on the Olympics. I said that was my last, but I had one more last. The, um, the last, last one. This is where they, like, so this is where they are transitioning to start starting to talk about the spotlight and the pressure that he was under and wanting to be like Mike. He walks out. He's on a, a street corner in Barcelona and looks up and sees, uh, I don't know, a hundred foot uh, mural, a hundred foot advertisement of himself. Yep. That was a really cool scene. He's just like walking out and he's like, ho hum. Oh, look at this. That's me 500 times larger yeah. than I am. Dunking. Yeah. And the cool cross colors, full outfit, shorts and the matching shorts with matching shirt. Uh, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We got to save that. We got to save that. <laughs> oh, okay. We got an outfit <laughs> segment coming up. We got an outfit segment coming that. up. <laughs> got to save that. But no, I, it is a surreal moment. Just kind of walk in and it's like, oh, I'm a million feet tall. And yeah, then, if, I'm, if I'm weirded out by, like, when I listen to our podcast and I hear my voice, like, <laughs> I can only imagine seeing that big of a poster of yourself. It has to be absolutely surreal. Uh, but at that time, I mean, he's, you know, the leader of the dream team and uh, two-time champion. So, I don't know. Maybe it was, like, this is just how it is. Uh, so, that kind of transitioned to the the spotlight. Be like Mike. They showed the advertisement, the Be Like Mike advertisement for, for Gatorade. Charles Barkley rendition of it. That was hilarious. Charles <laughs> um, Barkley, funny. Who knew? Um it kind of, so it transitioned to that spotlight, and they brought back uh, Chicago resident Barack Obama. Apparently, he became president. I don't know when that happened. <laughs> but this time, this time he was president. president. Yeah, uh, and they went into a little bit of a background on, I guess for, uh, I guess the best way I put it is his lack. Wouldn't do a narrative of his lack of activism, his lack of involvement in politics, and um, I guess social justice is w- w- was the main thing. Um, at the time, in 1992, I think it was, um, Harvey Gantt uh, was running for Senate in North Carolina against, oh, I didn't write his name down, the racist Republican guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Uh, the guy was okay with segregation schools. Yeah. If it, yeah, but if it was a choice, it was okay. And then it was a very terrible art. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those clips were really not great for him. I'm not going to say he has better clips out there, but those were yeah. not great for him. 
Um, and Jordan decided not to be, essentially decided not to be involved politically from his, use his fame for politics. And the next segment was basically people and including the president, uh, Barack Obama, being disappointed by this, I guess, or, or wishing he had taken a different path. Um, that's what, what I took away, Marla. What did, what did you think of this, of this section? Yeah, I think of the people they interviewed, I guess they had they had that opinion of he had a chance, obviously, like what they call now a platform. Um, yeah. To really, you know, he was the most recognized person um, at that time, uh, really, you know, really could do no wrong and just didn't use any of that as, um, didn't use any of, didn't use any of that cachet to, you know, to, to speak out about anything, any way, shape or form. Right. And uh, th- in this case, they highlighted the, um, the Senator race. Yeah. Um, in, in North Carolina. Um, and I think, yeah, I think Barack Obama did it very well, the politician that he is, and said that he would have liked them to, but he understands why he didn't, and da 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 um, And yeah, I'm always, you know, for me, it's each their own. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, they brought out the, the quote that Republicans buy sneakers too, yeah. which is fact. Uh, <laughs> uh, they do too, but I think... One of the things I, I remember that that quote being fl- uh, flying around every once in a while, and then I think Jordan said that that came from like a oh man, we totally missed that. That came from a um, like a conversation with his boys in the bus, yeah, right, yeah. Which at this point, seeing how many like things just fly around, like it totally makes sense that that that's something he would say just hanging around. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think it this. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to gather my thoughts here. I think it was inter- important to point out that he had a lack of activism, um, and the way the documentary, at least the way the people that were interviewed, Barack Obama aside, kind of said it was a missed opportunity or kind of s- said it was a, a negative thing about him, which I guess it could you I could see the case that he should have used his platform to advocate for different things, but I can. I don't fault people in the public life for not getting involved in politics. It's a very messy game. And yeah. to, you know, he just kind of said, like, in the specific Senate race, he's like, I don't really know what this guy stands for. I don't, I don't want to go out there. And to just, like, to use your celebrity to attach yourself to maybe something you don't believe in. Not that I'm saying he didn't agree with Harvey Gantt's platform or anything, but, like, to use such a celebrity for something, I, I think he was being, maybe this is being kind, but a little guarded in that. And just like this idea that like, because you have a platform, therefore you should delve into other topics, to political topics, I don't think is the right, as a healthy um, discourse. I think we should have, it can be, if you want to be Muhammad Ali and you want to be an activist, that's completely fine. And I support people who want to do that. But if you don't, I think that's completely fine too. And I think that, uh, I feel like the times today are hyper politicized and I would appreciate non politicized things. Yeah. I pre- And 
from that standpoint, I'm okay with him not being an activist in that regard. And I thought it was really interesting where he said um, two things that Jordan said. And again, this might be self-rationalization, but I found them very interesting. He said, I never thought of myself as an activist. I thought of myself as a basketball player. Was that selfish? Probably. But that's where my energy was. And I think that's really interesting because he, I think he recognized, like, I don't know a lot about this. So I'm not going to put my celebrity out there for other people to take advantage of. That's how I parse that. And maybe I'm reading into it, but that's how I saw that. And I thought that reservation of your, of politics, in a sense, is okay. And I, 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 I'm not like commending him for not being involved. I, I probably, I think he probably could have done a lot of good. Right. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not like fault. I don't think we should fault him for not getting involved in politics. And the next thing he said was the way I go about my life is I set examples. If that inspires you, great. I'll continue to do that. If it doesn't, then maybe I'm not the person you should be following. And it was, again, this is just like, I lead through example. I lead through my, my, uh, skill, what I put my energy into. And I, I don't know. I just, I found it to be, he did what he thought. I just felt like he did what he thought was not right, but like it wasn't necessarily a selfish thing in the moment. And I felt like that's how they were. The negative side of it was being portrayed. Yeah, no, I, I could see that. And I mean, they had to go somewhere. Um, I think it's, you know, it's right either. I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer and everyone's going to have their opinions on it. So, um, but I think, yeah, for the purpose of the documentary, they were trying to portray it as that was one of the very few dark spots that Michael has on it throughout his career. Which I think, I think it, again, he could, I think he could have done some good, but I totally understand not wanting to get involved, especially when we start talking about in a little bit when we talk about um, kind of the, the spotlight that he was under and what he was going through. Um, little side note in here. Uh, they had, a, I think it was a Facebook portal, your, your favorite commercial? Yeah. Yep. Uh, with the, uh, I wish, I wish I was a little bit taller. That, that song? Yeah. I mean, so the soundtrack to this has been spot on. <laughs> 100% on the way through. So I was just, I was in that kind of early mid-90s music and then I Wish came on and I was like, this is speaking to me. I need to buy a Facebook portal. Did you buy a portal? I didn't buy a portal. Oh, man. I don't even know how to do it. How do you even do it? Do you go to Amazon? I'm not even sure. (laughs) You go to Facebook. I'm not buying it off Facebook. They cannot. They will not have my financial information. (laughs) I have enough information. Awesome commercial. Yeah. All right. So that, well, I think at the episode, end of episode five was the Atlanta game. Right? Or is that beginning of episode six? Atlanta game. Goes to Atlanta. So this is where they're talking about the celebrity Michael Jordan. Yeah. You go to Atlanta. Outcast is playing on the soundtrack. Yep. <sighs> Again, fantastic. Plays in the Georgia Dome in front of 62,000 people. Regular season game. Regular season game, just in Atlanta. Um, they highlight all the celebrities that are there. Sinbad, all the greats. 
Uh, I don't know if that was at that game. But no, right. it wasn't that game. But they just highlighted celebrities that like came to would see Michael. Show up, yeah, Chris. Rock, yeah, they would show Sinbad. up anywhere. Yep, Sinbad Bet, was one of them. Bet Midler, <laughs> all the greats. <laughs> uh, CC Thousand in the Georgia Dome. That would have to be terrible to watch a basketball game <laughs> and play a basketball game in the Georgia Dome. And there they sold uh, the ticket salesman or whatever it was on there and he said we could have sold 15,000 more easy easy the demand was there we just had the limited number of seats which is absolutely crazy so just kind of shows you the height that that jordan came to uh and that segmented into episode six where oh nothing about nothing about seinfeld hanging out with the whoa, 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 whoa. With we got second room we got segments. Oh, we got segments. God damn it. I'm just running all over the segment. You're, you're stepping on my segment. I already forgot what the yep. first one of that outfit was. Yep. I got that. I got that. I got that. <laughs> um, <laughs> going into episode six. It uh, starts out. It's a downer, Marlo. It's a downer. Uh, being MJ, you think being MJ uh, is great for a day, a week maybe? <laughs> not for a year. It's not fun. And they just show him. Holed up in his hotel room, smoking a cigar, of course. Smoking a cigar, of course, yeah. Uh, but just hanging out in his hotel room, which, uh, you know, as people have traveled for work, it's fun for a couple months. Hotel living. Um, not a full year. Not years of your life. Probably don't want to be doing that. No. Nope. Uh, and they talked about his kind of being on in his schedule from when he leaves his hotel room till he enters his hotel room. He's on. He's talking to people. People around him. People are asking him for things. People want his attention. And it sounds exhausting. Sounds terrible. I, he did yeah. a good job. I was like, that's the life I don't want. That Basically, Casey, that's why we're not celebrities. Um, it's <laughs> just because we're not celebrities because we can't do that life. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the yeah. only thing holding us back. Yeah, we, we definitely uh, consciously chose this path of non-celebrity <laughs> as we record our podcast for. <laughs> <laughs> We definitely don't want our voices or opinions out there to be heard on the internet by other people. Um, that would be tough. <laughs> um, another thing I saw. He's always in ties. Yeah. Always in suits. Why is he always in suits? That was just the thing? That was the thing. He wore, wore suits. Everyone just wore suits, man. Was it it wasn't an NBA rule. It was like No. A, it wasn't an NBA rule, but people just wore suits. And so people and then it was like the it was like the Iverson. It was like when Iverson came and just didn't wear suits. Then they were like, Oh, we actually have to make a dress code. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then they did. Yeah. People stopped wearing suits. It just looks yeah. so uncomfortable all the time. Just like loosen up the tie. You're in the locker room. I don't understand. But he, to oh. your point, though, he's always in suits in the locker room and everyone's dressed already and he's still in suit. Yeah. I'm like, when do you get dressed, man? Like a minute before the game? <laughs> yeah, people come back in there. Yeah, they're warm ups and he's, he's, yeah. he's still, still in a suit. Um, so during, so they, they talk about difficulty being Jordan. Then the book, The Jordan Rules, comes out middle of the season. Um, and it uh, doesn't go well. It doesn't go well for the team. At least the way it's portrayed, right? A lot of friction. Yeah. Um, Horace the gets quote thrown was, under the butt. Boat. Yeah. Bus. Boat. The quote was, uh, Jordan told people not to pass the ball 
in crunch time, give him the ball or, you know, do this or don't do that or you won't get the ball anymore. As if that was a negative thing. Uh, excuse me, that's called leadership. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, he's going to win basketball games. You want the ball, Will Purdue? Listen to what I'm telling you. Come on. And the weirdest part about it was, so everybody's obviously reading this book and the news gets out from somebody. <laughs> um, Kraus calls Phil Jackson into his office and literally reads him parts of the book and says, who do you think said this? Who said this? <laughs> Has to unbelievably awkward. The head of be one of the most awkward things, Phil. Meetings. I can't, I couldn't even imagine how awkward that would be. It's just like, uh, yeah, it's just like a 16 year old girl sitting there. Like who is talking about me? Yeah. She who got somebody it? journal or the yearbook. Or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. Um, yeah. but, who was the mole, Marlo? Who was the mole? I don't know. Everyone's trying to point the fingers at Horace. And I the most suspect person I like was BJ. BJ was selling it way too hard. I feel like he had a part in it <laughs> in saying stuff. <laughs> um but uh yeah, I don't know. I mean logically it, even like Horace like spelled it out he's like yeah I was friends with the guy and yeah we did stuff. it was like Horace just say it you got too drunk one night you let some stuff slip and this guy made a book yeah he was so adamant it was hilarious yeah. everyone's like it's Horace it's Horace it's Horace and he's like <laughs> no way man and after how cool he was when he was like I hate the Pistons I was yeah like, man, Horace come Horace, on man damn but it was definitely Jerry Krause. <laughs> yeah, hundred <100%. laughs> percent. Definitely, it was definitely upper management. I was always upper management, but also probably horse grade. Um, so that comes out. We're the third. We're going for the three peat. Just the Jordan rules. In come the Knicks, and they're trying. I thought this was a really interesting analogy. They're, I forget who said it, uh, but they're trying to be the Bulls to the Bulls Pistons. So they're trying to knock off, you know, be the team to knock off the Bulls and kind of cement themselves at the top of the league. And they take a 2-0 lead. Yeah, that was and, hard to watch. That was hard to watch. Watching the whole uh, Starks dunk over everybody. Oof. I remember seeing that dunk and thinking it's over. The whole thing's over. Yeah. Well, yeah, they did a, They did the segment there. And they did another whole, like, look at everybody beat the shit out of Michael Jordan segment which is always fun yeah. um yeah and again anybody who says like <laughs> people today take a lot of punishment no <laughs> they yeah they bump into each other and there it is a physical game it's basketball but this is different this was a different kind of punishment they're literally checking him as he's dunking the ball it's absolutely different um and they were doing the bad boys pistons they were they uh, you know with uh, riley right they took that mentality and they were gonna they were gonna be physical and i forgot they had this 2-0 lead and i was like oh man that starks dunk i got i gave a lot of credit for starks in this i know it doesn't end up well for his team but like you see him out there he's trying to d up jordan he's trying to d up scott he's like the smallest guy in the court he is such a pest such a pest he was so annoying i that whole segment i was like god i can't i totally forgot how much i hate john starks <laughs> the worst just a little pest so after was it after game one that uh 
at the end of game two, they're like, Jordan looks a little gassed. Why is he gassed? Yep. Maybe because he went to Atlantic City and gambled. And then that went into a whole gambling segment, Marlo, which... You got excited f- about it. I you, was like... You texted me with emojis. Excited. Yeah, I, I did the uh, the alarm <laughs> emoji. I was like, here we go. Let's go. And at the same... So, <laughs> I don't know. I have mixed feelings about this. Because, like, one, I... They talked about it much more honestly than I thought they were going to. Like, they... I thought they would paper it over. But they touched on it but also it wasn't super interesting <laughs> like there wasn't any like there wasn't like a smoking gun or there wasn't like a you know a, a really crazy story I mean yeah. I guess the the closest you got was uh, what he was owed or had to pay $57,000 to Slim or whatever that guy's name was yeah what a <laughs> What a guy! You look at that guy and you're like, "Yeah, I think something. I think something's going on." Yeah. Um, <laughs> Probably shouldn't be gambling with this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I guess when I first watched it, like obviously gambling, it's a part. It's a part of the story. And I think they could have spent a long, like a lot more depth, more part of time, and knowing full well, like this, that's not the focus, right? But yeah. it could have gone, I mean, as for a documentary sake, it probably could have gone a little deeper. This kind of scratched the surface, went over it a little bit, um, and moved on. I think the interesting part was the interview with, uh, what's his face, from Inside I'm Stuff. Ahmad Rashad. Rashad. Yep. That, and then fast forward, has the, inter- like, the interview for this documentary here, and it's, you know, it's the same stuff. <laughs> it's just short. It's like, yeah. I don't have a problem. I have a competitive problem and you know I think you know even from what they I don't know much from what they show it's like he's just a rich guy that likes to gamble yes he has the means to do it and he just does it yeah it was funny where he well the first interview with him out of shot he's wearing sunglasses not a great look um and just kind of I don't have a problem do I like playing blackjack yeah I like playing blackjack (laughs) just like things like that and he's like, you're not, you're not helping. Um, and definitely, like, the I could stop if I wanted to stop. It's like, that's yeah. not... Uh, that's exactly what should, an addict sounds like. <laughs> yeah, well, not what you, what you should be saying. Uh, but it was interesting where... I don't know. This is definitely rationalization, but where he's like, if I had a problem, I would be, you know, losing money. I wouldn't have a house. I wouldn't have my wife. I wouldn't have this. I wouldn't have that. And it's like, I, I guess? Or you're just out earning that what is it? but if you're out earning it is it a problem i don't know that's kind of a gray line i think he definitely has a the competitive problem absolutely 100 percent. we see that throughout um but the question i think the underlying question is did he have a gambling problem so much that it affected basketball right yeah and david surgeons comes in and says uh which they got david surgeons to talk about it which i was surprised I was surprised that Stearns opened up about it. Not that he opened up too much, but like just to get him on tape to talking even talk, about it. Yeah, comment about it. Uh, he said they had interviews with him. They talked to Michael about it, and it never reached epic crisis levels in his view, which I guess that's a, that seems like a pretty high bar. <laughs> that's it reached <laughs> epic crisis levels of gambling. Um and it just this just kind of seemed like the t- so 
the gambling issue, whether or not it was a problem, definitely was a problem in the eyes of the media. And they definitely turned on him. And this was, I don't want to say all they talked about, but was the driving story that the media talked with him about it. And I think started to drive a wedge or started to turn the Michael Jordan celebrity experience from a positive, I want to be like Mike, to something more negative. Yeah, it wasn't that squeaky, squeaky good image. Again, another, I don't know. One of the one of the few fewer dark spots that also led down um, the path in the uh, in the media's eyes of like you're saying that being an a hole, right? Yeah. Stops talking to the media. Stops being that that friendly that friendly guy, and you know, it's just just doesn't want it. Just doesn't want to deal. Um, and it's all stem it all stems from like people talking about having a gambling problem um, and him thinking he's not again being that competitor that he is. So I, I, it was a, I don't know. I still, I still have, of the ilk that, yeah, maybe he might be in trouble if he didn't make enough money, if he didn't make yeah. so much money, but he had the means. And I think that's part of it. If you can, you know, stay within your means and go ahead. Yeah. It's, it's tough to say again. I think that that earning capability definitely allows you more, more discretion there. Uh, and they, interviewed magic and i i didn't catch if it was at the time or if it was in hindsight but he said you guys are going to drive him out of this game and i think a little bit of that uh, i want to touch on this a little bit later but i think a little bit of that is what what ended up happening um it was really interesting so it was after game one i think that he went to atlantic city um and (laughs) the newscast was he didn't violate any team rules league rules or break any laws what what laws? What <laughs> laws would he break? He went to a place where gambling is legal and he gambled. Yeah. Like what what are you talking about? What are you talking about here? That just stuck out to me. I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Like so he didn't break any rules, team rules, which would obviously be more strict than actual laws. <laughs> <laughs> but just rest assured he didn't break any laws. He skirted around skirted around those. Um and then they tied it back. So this all came out in the middle of that series. They're down 2-0. The Bulls are to the Knicks. And the quote was, I think he was disgusted with what happened. And he had to respond. And respond, he did. We didn't have to get, to make things up. But Jordan, we did. And Jordan says, I'll show you. And they turned it around. And they went in 6 Yep, one in the six, one in the next four. And poor poor Drill Smith in game five. <laughs> yes. So what, four, five attempts at it right there. Jordan's there, Pippin's there, Horace is there, Horace the Mole. Just <laughs> not letting him not letting him put it in. Absolute brutal to watch in hindsight, knowing how it ends up. Um that was I guess, that was the gambling. Well, they went back a little bit of gambling with the golf. And Marlo, this was where I was a little bit like I was enjoying the outside weather. Uh, I'm not great at golf. I don't golf a lot. No. But seeing just people out in green space golfing, I was like, God, I miss that so much. 
want to want to get some golf. But doesn't it seem like Michael Jordan is an absolutely miserable golf partner? Yes, absolutely. Terrible. Like in, unless you're winning money from him, it would not be any fun. Yeah. Maybe he's buying drinks. Not a maybe yeah, drinks. maybe he's buying drinks. It just wouldn't be an enjoyable round. I just I feel like it would have a enjoyable round. Can't imagine. Can't imagine. All right, so they beat the Knicks. Um, and the Knicks, it's the Knicks dynasty that never was, right? They they just just never did it. There was a really awkward inter, uh, meeting with Ewing and, and Jordan after the game. Did you catch that where Ewing's like... Was that a night? Oh no, that was not in '98. After the that was in '98. After the um, last game at MSG, he kind of comes up, gives him like a handshake, and Jordan's like kicking your ass since '84. Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah. He's just like, don't start that shit. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Just like, come on, man. Like, give it a rest. I felt so bad for you. I feel so bad for all these other people. Jordan's such a dick. And just beats <laughs> <up>. <laughs> kicking your ass since '84. All right. So we moved on. We moved on from that. Uh, we're back in 1993. And this is kind of where where this episode um, more or less ends up. I think this is kind of the, the highlight of this episode, at least in my book. It's the finals against the Phoenix Suns, led by MVP Charles Barkley. Uh, this is where he did the sunglasses interview, talking about gambling. Um, the Bulls found another Jerry Krause interest to take advantage of he apparently loved dan marley yeah wanted to trade uh, thought, for dan marley wanted to trade for dan marley thought he was a great defensive player jordan said i'll show you what i do to great defensive players that aren't on my team uh and it was kind of a clyde drexler 2.0 <laughs> yeah just took dan marley to the woodshed um i <laughs> now you think is, is jerry cross just the ultimate motivator is this the, the narrative we're trying <laughs> to was, we're yeah. trying to make Jerry Krause is the ultimate motivator. Without Jerry, motivation, yeah. there is no Michael. Yeah, he just didn't get enough respect, Marlon. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, so the best thing about this uh, series, I guess, was Charles Barkley. Because Charles Barkley is just a great interview. Um, and so he's the MVP, and he's like, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for, to, you know, take on Michael. And then in game two, he says, in game two, I played... So they lose game one, uh, I should say. They're kind of shell-shocked. It seemed like they were just weren't ready for ready for the finals. And then in game two, Barkley says, uh, in game two, I played as well as I could, and Michael just outplayed me. And this is the first time in my life I thought there's a better basketball player in the world than me. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, you know, real recognizing real, right? Like, he just... He did... He gave his all. He had his A effort, and... Jordan was just better, which has to be a weird feeling. I mean, I I guess as somebody no, who's never it, ascended these heights, I've early on accepted there are better people to be at everything. Than right, I it, it, much earlier in life, I realized there's better people in the world that things are me. But yeah, to go yes. that that part of your life to go that, that far, far right, yeah. And, and, yeah. and to have that realization and to be old enough to like really have that realization, like I think it's just more kind of a mundane acceptance for most of us normal people. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good with these these numbers, but like, you know, there's better accountants out there. Yeah, I I knew that since I, you know, accounting 101, right? But um, to be, to be since, I learned with, since I learned two plus two is four. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's better. There's, there's, you know, six year olds in college and stuff. Like, I'm, <laughs> I know, yeah. I know, I'm not doing better than that. But <laughs> for Charles Barkley to be like at what, twenty eight, twenty nine, to to finally realize this kind of in the moment is pretty surreal. Um, and then it was kind of cool to hear Charles talk about. I think it was game three where he's like, "Not to brag on myself," <laughs> he says, "but I was not going to let us lose the next game." And then he won. And so I had a little. So it was like. Barkley kind of admitting defeat and then kind of boosting himself up in my in my mind with like a a rally to to, to the cause. It was pretty cool. And it just it sucks being Barkley defeated. Not gonna not gonna lie. Obviously, I know Barkley the media character better than I know yeah. Barkley the the basketball player. Although I do remember a little bit of that. Um, but God, seeing that little kid taunting Charles Barkley. Oh my goodness! That was broke my heart. Great. Oh wow, that was so fantastic! What a clip! It might be a clip of the series. Just that random fan. That's another one I was thinking. If that man is watching that right now, probably with this kid or points out this kid, like that's me. That was me talking to Charles Barkley. That's so funny. Yeah. uh, One of the games is game two. One of them went to triple overtime. I mean, it was... So, I wanted to juxtapose this. So, this game went six... Well, Suns won game five. Force game six. Right? Yeah. This is the infamous... We had to fly to Phoenix to play game six. Jordan says, I'm only packing one suit. And you know he wears suits everywhere. <laughs> so, if he's bringing one suit, that means he's going for one day. Yep. Uh, what are the chances he actually just packed one suit? Probably zero. Probably zero. You don't know how I you're mean, he might have packed one suit, but his his crew would have packed some other suits for him. But you don't know what suit you're gonna want to wear, right? I mean, it could be it could be you know standard suit. Yeah, maybe he's gonna with the tan suit, liven it up a little bit. I don't know. The cream suit. Never know. Never know. Um, game. So it's game six, right? Suns lead with a minute left. It's ninety eight ninety four. Jordan drives to the rim, gets the bucket. Bulls get the ball back. Suns miss a shot. Ball gets cycled around to your boy, John Paxson. Hits the shot. Boom. And gets, gets like a 15-year job as a GM. Yeah, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's so sad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I keep thinking, yeah, that every time they show him... You know, he was the front office at the at the time, but like in the middle between this doc that and the documentary coming out, he gets fired. That shot really did catapult him. I mean, yeah, he lived forever on that shot, which deservedly so. I mean, it was a shot that no one thought he was going to take. Nails it, wins the championship. I remember having the T-shirt, Paxson for three. Nice. And early. Yeah, and then that was us. that was a little bit of a joy he brought, and I don't know if it makes up for all the things he did later in life to my team. I think he's Isaiah Thomas or anything. Not that. Um, so he has a shot. Bulls win third championship. They get the three peat. Um, and this is where I, I think I teased this a little bit earlier. I think this is where you started seeing how much all of this was weighing on on Jordan. The fame, 
the pressure, all that. And again, maybe this is what the, this is what I think this is what the documentary wanted you to see. So, um, but the difference between him winning his first championship and his third championship, just his expression on his face, his celebrations, it's like he was just like, thank God this is over after the third championship was so crazy to see. Again, I saw, I remember it happening, but like I, in hindsight, looking at it, he's just like, just relieved. There's not much joy. He's like, we, you know, he's celebrating, right? But it's different. Yeah, more, more, definitely more relief than joy. Just, and it's, you could see from what the, this point of view, like just having, just being drained, having it be sucked out of you, like being able to exhale and like just wanted to pass out for a week, you know? think the weight of the the whole weight and gravity of it has finally been lifted and now i'm tired um yeah definitely was different than the image they showed a few episodes ago of him holding on to that trophy just being a, a joyful little kid yeah uh to where he just wanted to be left alone sitting by himself yeah and i think so i i think it what's interesting I think this argument did a good job of, of pointing out. He, he's had statements like I'd rather get behind closed doors, not be living this kind of in the public eye life. He says, I would never want to be considered a role model, which I was like, I wrote that in caps. I thought that was a mind blowing thing for, for him to say. And I think this kind of ties all of this in, you know, he's going back to, you know, not being involved in politics, the gambling stuff, the, um, just the pressure, the weight, the public eye, it, it just wore on him. And, you know, we see this, like, and this was, so we see all this. And, like, I watching this, I was like, I totally get why he would walk away from this. Like, this, it doesn't make sense still, but, like, I understand it. And before this episode, I was pretty fairly convinced that he was suspended for gambling. <laughs> I oh, you're one I, of those. I bought I I just for maybe just for the fun, but I bought into the idea that he was suspended for gambling. But I'm off that now because <laughs> I I because I couldn't understand it. Right, I couldn't understand why you would walk away from that from what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. But now in this light, I can see it. And I think going back to the activism, just like the other stuff that we see, the, the other pressures, the other things, that weighed on him and I think prevented him from doing the activism thing. So I, again, I kind of I, I, I kind of get a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, we talked about, you know, as we didn't, we didn't choose the life of fame, at least not yet, as we are plugging away on this uh, podcast. Um, I could see that being crushing and, and not wanting to be that. Uh, so I could, s- I'm starting to see a path for why he would walk away, which is crazy. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. <laughs> All right. So that's the, anything else in those episodes? Uh, I don't think so. I, don't, I mean, we have our segments. Yeah, no, we still got to get their segments. I just didn't want to cut you off. All right. Thank Thank you. <laughs> 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 all right so our our segments here all right of the i only have two i forgot if there were more 
I should have gone back. Oh, these two. This, these, these, are, these are the main ones? Yeah, these are the I main ones. I think we had like quote or something, but I think we already did, did have quotes. quotes. Yes, we did have quotes okay. last time. All right. <clears throat> um, well, I can throw that in there. But your best outfit, I think I stepped on it, but go ahead. You stepped on it. Uh, well, it was actually in two parts. Um, when he was walking out onto, was it, was the Rose Bowl Stadium or the Coliseum? The Coliseum. That was the Barcelona Coliseum. The Coliseum, right? Um, and when he was in front of the huge poster of himself, the very colorful squiggly line matching outfit, uh, with lots of color. Absolutely fantastic. So nineties. So nineties. Yeah. And that like, just the thought of like Michael Jordan being like, all right, can put on some casual wear today. (laughs) (laughs) This confetti shirt is what I'm going to go with. It's absolutely hilarious. That was my that was my, my my favorite outfit. Did you have a different one? I did not. No, that was that was your favorite. I was trying to think if there was. It was it was a really down episode for outfits. Yeah, oh yeah, we didn't have didn't have kind of the flair. Um, yeah, I'll take that one. That's fine. Um, okay. Cameos, you stepped on mine, so I'm gonna I'll come back to it too. I think I stepped on yours, but go ahead. There we go. Uh, Seinfeld cameo. Nice. Came in the locker room. Uh, just the two, the two heights of probably probably nineties, right? It's Michael Jordan in sports culture and Jerry Seinfeld in having the most popular TV show. And Michael Jordan just way cooler, and <laughs> Seinfeld's just awkwardly there smiling, <laughs> you know, happy to be there. And Jordan's like, at, "See these." My idiot teammates over here, they watch your show like every day. <laughs> Doesn't say he watches it. Yeah. His teammates no, watch his teammates it. watch it. Absolutely, absolutely fantastic. And then they're like, all right, so I feel it's time for you to leave. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going over here. Where are you going? How are you doing? I'm going over here. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> to see Jerry Seinfeld, he's probably the most famous person in any room that doesn't have Michael Jordan in it. To see him be like the awkward, less famous one was so cool. And as a Seinfeld fan, uh, absolutely hilarious. Um, my cameo had to be Justin Timberlake because it just came out of nowhere. <laughs> um, I'm just sitting there watching, and I think you know, and with the honorable <laughs> mention to Nas because they came right at the other when they were talking about Jordan shoes. Nas came out, and I thought you know they're playing some music in the background, so I thought that might bleed into it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Justin Timberlake comes and now he's the expert in Jordans. Okay. That's cool. Um glad you made the documentary, <laughs> Justin. And thanks yeah. for the thanks for the tip. That was it. That was it. he came in to say like it. I bought Jordans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like what like who's the publicist? Who had the book that who had the book that interview for Justin to be like, Yeah, I, I bought Jordans. They were cool. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I did chores for them. <laughs> like, like maybe <laughs> I want to see what was cut from that interview because I, I, I what else would he have? <laughs> what is he else going to bring to this? Very, that was very interesting. Um, all right, my uh, this isn't a say. My last thing. Uh, it was v- the very end of the episode, April 19, 1998. Um. Jordan's in the car with Amad Rashad. Yeah. They're driving into Chicago. 
And Jordan's just sitting in traffic, like like us, like a bunch yeah. of idi- like a, like the idiots sitting on I ninety, trying to get through the interstate. Just just you know, in a very nice car. Yeah, <laughs> but like I had a car phone. That was cool. Just in traffic, and I'm like, he's one of us. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I don't think I don't think I'm gonna miss the limelight. I don't think I'm gonna miss all this. And I'm like, uh, spoiler, spoiler, you do, and you come back. <laughs> <laughs> That that was all I had uh, on the dock. Um, then I did. I mentioned earlier. Uh, I watched the Sports Center covering it like it was live. Um, live. They had uh, Charles Barkley. Um, yeah. Who doesn't know how to is, use the camera? Yeah, that's tough. Um, <coughs> but just like he just came on, he like owned it. He like I didn't get my team ready for game one. Um, there's no person I want to be more in basketball than Michael Jordan. I just couldn't do it. He just like, he came in and owned it. He owned not winning that finals. He owned never winning a title, which was really cool to see. Um, and he talks about playing cards. And Marlo, what cards are they playing? I don't think I understand the rules. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's just like poker. Like, what are they playing? Marlo, explain this to me, please. I don't know. They're playing cards. <laughs> I don't know. They don't go into what kind of game they play. They just play cards. I I assume it's spades. That would be my assumption is they play spades. That makes... I don't know. I've never played spades gambling, though. I I presume you could very easily, but like, I've never done it. Because Charles was like, Michael would always try to buy the pot, and I'm like, what? (laughs) What is that? I don't understand what that means. He's like, you got to be all ready to go in if you have a good hand against Michael Jordan. I'm like, all in, I understand. Buy the pot, don't understand. Uh, Magic Johnson's talking about like stomping you know on your throat while playing cards I'm like that doesn't make sense <laughs> most <laughs> cards i don't understand what's happening uh i need to get to the bottom of what kind of cards they're playing uh it was funny when will purdue was like they'd be in the back of the bus ron harper michael jordan whomever you know people who made money <laughs> on the team <laughs> they're back there playing for like thousands of dollars and they come up here and you play like one dollar blackjack with us just just, uh, just so he could take our money <laughs> it's like that's just that's where i'm like is it a gambling problem or a competitive problem? Because gambling problem, you'd go one dollar. I don't care. Like this, that's yeah. not doing it. For that's me. not. That's not enough juice. That's not enough juice. Second, like how I met your mother, Marlo. I know you love that show. I know you watch all of that show. Oh shoot! What's the bet? No, I'm not gonna remember it. Barney Stinson goes. I'll bet you a thousand dollars. I can run a marathon. Maybe that's what it was. And he goes. I'll bet you. 25 cents. He goes, oh, gee, grandpa. <laughs> 25 cents. He goes, you will bet me 25 cents because you have a gambling problem. He goes, <laughs> okay, 25 cents it is. <laughs> <laughs> is it the marathon? No, I don't know. I, I know, know you don't know. Ah, with some random bet. Doesn't matter. Um, I think I'm getting my episodes mixed up. It's been a while, Marl. Been a while. Uh, that's all I got on the dock. The- that's it. That's it. Kind of sad. It's more than halfway over. Um, but we still have two more glorious weeks. Two more glorious Sundays. Yeah. Of the last dance. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else? Well, there was a tad bit of NFL news involving one of our teams. Um, my team made the headlines last week. Marla, your team is, I guess, quote unquote, making the headlines this week. Mr. Trubisky, fifth-year option has not been picked up. 
Damn. Uh, thoughts. Shucks. Here's my shocked face. Ready? Okay. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. You, I, everyone knows you can't, from what he has done, you can't be like, all right, we're going to do that five, fifth year option. Um, but with that said, not having that five year option and having, you know, Nick Foles come in. Not that Nick Foles is the savior or anything, but it just shows us a clear path that this, you know, these, we're just not going to go forward. And I'm mean, just not going to go forward unless he just comes out this year and yeah. wins the Super Bowl, which I don't, no one expects anything like that to happen. So, and if it does, we'll probably just get caught in the whole, like a magic season. It will be a fun magic season, but we'll get caught in the whole, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm, a break. I'm drawing names here, but. Who's the quarterback of the Ravens? Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, right? One magical season, paid a lot of money. Yep. Team screwed for the rest of the time. Um, yeah. So I, mean, I don't know, man. It's it's not it's not that not surprising, right? And it makes sense. Yeah, you know, it. I think 100 percent makes sense. Um, I think the surprising thing is is that you all. I don't want to say you expected the Bears to do it just out of covering their butts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is the right move. And um, it's a put up or shut up for Mitch. And he'll either put up and be a franchise quarterback or he'll find a new team. And I think that's what the Bears had to do. I was hoping <laughs> that they would... <laughs> Pick it he up would. out of like obligation or like out of like we don't want to admit we're wrong. Um, again, there's still a season for them to be right, but um, probably not. And uh, I, was, I was hoping the, to try and ride that out a little bit. It seems like the smart move. Uh, I don't know that Nick Foles is the answer, but maybe the answer is that neither of these guys are the answer. Right. That's probably the answer. That's the answer I'm going to go with. Either either these guys are the answer. To be fair, I forget the details of the Nick Foles. How long? It's a long-term contract, isn't it? For Nick Foles? I forget forget the details. I guess it doesn't matter. We were talking about Mitch. It seems like the right right move on Mitch. Um, And, yeah, I was hoping the Bears would do the wrong thing and just give him the option and put you know more time and effort into him being the quarterback of the future um i I just think they've done enough of like pampering yep for lack of a better term for sure it's like all right dude you're on the island you have to figure it out or you know you'll figure it out in tampa bay after tom brady retires or whatever (laughs) there you go the heir apparent i feel like there were other nfl things marlon but i didn't write them down Oh, Andy Dalton's a cowboy. Your boy. That's, that's weird. Did not expect that. <laughs> Although this late in... Was this a normal time to release him? Because it seemed like the Big O's released him very late in the game, like after the draft. And I, maybe that's just like the league calendar or whatever. But like, it seemed like a, any or most people who had quarterback openings figured them out. I guess... A, that said, Cam Newton's still out there. Yeah, um, but it felt late in the game. 
Yeah, I understand. Is um, I mean, I guess they had to be sure that they could. They were going to draft number one, and then, no, I mean, not that they were going to draft number one, but nothing would happen. To oh, they could like get a contract and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's the calendar year. I don't know if the calendar year got pushed because of Corona or something. Um, and that might happen, but it does. It did seem weird. It did seem like weird timing, even though we all knew it was coming at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so Andy, Andy's on his way to being a backup uh, with the but, Cowboys. Cool. With that said, like, where did where did you think he was going to go? Right. It was. Yeah. The I didn't think he was going to go to Cowboys. Um, I thought I thought he still had a chance to go. I'm going through teams in my head, but I still had a chance to. I thought he would have had a chance to go to a team to start, possibly yeah. like a bad team to be able to start. But yeah, I think he would just go to a you know very incumbent, not even a chance. Well, that's why I thought it was weird after the draft because teams that needed like a starter, like let's say the Dolphins or something, or like, or the Chargers, right? They now have their quarterbacks to the future. Yeah, so that's why it was in the Packers quarterbacks teams with quarterbacks of the future, right? Um, so that's why I thought the timing was weird. Just that, like any of those teams who were like searching for, who could have decided between quarterback of the future or like let's try and spin this now, have gone with quarterback of the future. So uh, that's what I was weird. Dallas is a weird fit. What does it mean for Dak? Probably nothing. It probably nothing. Doesn't Dak it means at all. nothing. So. Um, so who's left out there? Jameis signed with uh, the Saints as a backup doing the Teddy Bridgewater rehabilitation uh, uh, stint there. Um, yeah. Uh, I think Cam. that's, a, that's Cam's a, out there. That's it. Cam's out there, yeah. Jameis Winston, I think that's where he initially ate his W, right? Was it the <laughs> Mercedes film? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. You can check me on that. But I'm pretty sure that's where he originally ate the W. Stats department. Yep. All right. That's all I got, Marlon. All right. Fantastic. Another week in the books. Um, yeah, because that's all I got. As always, guys, find us on Twitter at 132Breeze, myself at MarloJR. Casey's still at Prof Badger Fan. That's right. On Twitter. I forgot. I forgot to look to change. <laughs> <laughs> if we get around to it, we'll be sure to let you know. Um, Next week, the other week of The Last Dance. I'm so excited for it. One thing I got to look forward Not the one thing, but it is a big thing I got to look forward to at the end of the week. Yeah, Casey, it's a big sports thing. Yeah, exactly. Casey, that's it for me. You got any last words? All right. As always, fellow fans, stay safe. Be well.